Welcome to Principles of Faith with Scott Craig. In this teaching series, Scott explores the biblical truth, God's nature is good. God's nature being good. <clears throat> and y'all testified of it this morning. And so, I'm excited that God's good nature is coming out in your nature and impacting you. Amen? So, um, I just want to remind you, if, if you haven't been here, I believe, Olivia can probably keep me straight on this, I believe this is the fourth, I think this is the fourth message in this series. This wasn't intended to be a series, it was just intended to be a, a one Sunday message, but uh, there you go. So, so God had other purposes in mind and other things for us to share and deeper things for us to go into, but um, I believe this is the fourth message in this, and there's going to be at least one or two more. But um, if you haven't heard all of these, I would encourage you to go back and hear, particularly the one two weeks ago. We addressed a lot of, of um, big questions that people have, and we, we fielded some questions and took some questions. And I know some of you have some other questions from that, and we'll get to those, and, and we can talk personally about those as well, and so I encourage you to, to do that, and we, we will do that. Those are not forgotten. Um, but I would encourage you to get, get that message from two weeks ago if you haven't heard that one, or if you know somebody who hasn't heard it, share it with them, you know, send them a, send them a text or an email and link to the, to the uh, Facebook where this is out there on that. Um, and so it's on our Facebook site. You can get to that by searching us on Facebook, or you can go to our website, uh, hopechurchnc.org, click on the little Facebook F down at the bottom, that'll take you to our Facebook page, and then all the messages are out there that have been videoed, and um, this one from, what was the date two weeks ago, June the something or other, uh, <laughs> let's see, this is the 7th, so that was the 30th, so that would have been the 23rd, thank you, so June 23rd, anyway, Pray with me. Father, we just are so thankful. We're so grateful that we can be a part of your good nature, that we can take part in it. We love you and we thank you. Thank you that you have shown your goodness to us in so many ways. Again, our hearts are just full of thank you. And Lord, we know that's okay because you told us to enter into your courts with thanksgiving. And so, and so we thank you, Lord, that, that we have hearts of thanksgiving. Lord, we've, we've taught here before and we've learned that thanksgiving is a foundation of a good heart attitude towards you and, and a preparing our heart to receive from you, Lord, to have a heart of thanksgiving. So, Lord, we just encourage that and we, we, we give you honor and praise for stirring up the thanks in our heart for you and for the goodness that you have provided to us. We just thank you and we worship you. And... Um, Father, you, you've just shown us again, just in these last days, these, during the last week, how good you are, how you provide, how you help us to be a blessing when we, when we don't even know how to be a blessing. Lord, how you, you can use us to promote your word, promote your kingdom. But Lord, not only that, you, just how you just want to bless us. Take us places we've never been. Show us things we've never seen. Give us days to... Enjoy your presence and your rest. Times to, to share and, and fellowship around you and your word with others. Lord, we just thank you. You're so good to us. 
And Lord, because of that, we know you have great things to share with us. So Father, no matter what I came with, what's on my pages, Holy Spirit, we say you share with us what you have for us today. Above, beyond, through, or because of, we thank you for speaking to us today, giving us revelation of you, of your word, of the nature of God. Holy Spirit, we really, really, really want to enter into an understanding of who God really is, of who you are, who Jesus is, what you're like. Could we just sit and watch you run your kingdom and watch and see what you're like? how you decide, how you, how you carry out your will, how you speak to me and how you use this salvation that you've so terribly paid for and greatly paid for. Lord, we just want to watch you. We want to see you. We want to learn about you. So Holy Spirit, we receive what you have for us. We receive wisdom, understanding, revelation of you and of the word of God. Jesus' name. If you believe, say amen. 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 Well, I had asked Beverly, and I appreciate that she found these videos to restart these Answers in Genesis videos at the beginning of service because it struck me how they teach us and show us in creation the goodness of God. You know, we talked about that, and, and it's on your sheet. And by the way, there's a lot of scriptures on here. I gave you a lot of these. Basically, every scripture we've looked at so far, don't panic, we're not going to go over all these again today, but I wanted to give these to you because you haven't had them in print. You may have been taking notes, but I wanted you to have all of these, but we, 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 we did talk about in Genesis, the creation, how God showed his goodness, and he even commented on it every time, right? And he said, it is good, right? And so... Ever since then, God has never changed. He was good before Genesis 1-1, and He'll be good when Revelation is all wrapped up and this thing's over with. He will still be God. He will still be good. He never changes. Amen. So we're, we're looking, though, specifically about the things that shows us in the Bible about God's goodness because, believe it or not, how... how um, well that sounds or how easy that sounds... We all know there's a lot of popular theology and popular denominationalism and popular schools of thought out there today, even outside the church, obviously, blaming God for things that God does not do and misrepresenting His character. And so, Charlene was mentioning we had opportunity to, to talk and listen and, and, and have fellowship with this lovely lady the other day, and... You know, we were talking about how so many things are and how people react out of fear and people react out of uh, saying the wrong things and doing these things because they don't have an underlying understanding of who God is. If they knew who God is and knew His goodness, they would have a different perspective on themselves. They would have a different perspective on things that are going on in the world. And so it impacts everything. If you don't understand God, you don't understand the world, you don't understand the universe, you don't even understand you because you were created in His image to be like Him. How can you be like Him if you don't know what He's like? It's so important. You know, people may say, well, why aren't we studying deeper things like moving mountains by faith and doing... If you don't understand God, you don't need to be worried about moving a mountain. 
Because you don't know the God who gave, created the faith to move the mountain. You don't know the God who created the mountain. You don't know the God who created you with a mouth to speak to the mountain. It's so important that we know God. There's nothing more important in this world than knowing Him and the power of His resurrection. What does that mean? Does that just mean earthquakes and and roaring and all this? No, the power of His resurrection means His salvation. The power of His resurrection is this salvation that He gave to you and me and the ability we have to change and impact our world and live for His kingdom. That's the power of the resurrection. You ever thought about it? And so God's grace is His power. The gift of salvation from Jesus is nothing but a big old package of goodness wrapped up and bulging at the seams that He gave you. And in that in that salvation, He gave you His grace. And some people say that and they water it down and make it all sugary and, 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 and anemic. But God's grace is power. It's His effectual power. But it's wrapped up in a package of love. And if you don't understand Him, you don't understand how His power works. You can't understand it. He doesn't work by, by um, hatred or vengeance or vindictiveness or... Um, Getting back, I don't even know the right words probably, getting back at, at, and getting even, even in the odds, that's not God. God created the odds. Why would He need to even them? He owns the whole universe. The Bible says He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. So why, why, would, he need, why would He need to get even? He, he has it all. So it doesn't matter. Ultimately, now He gave authority over the earth to man. So I don't want you to get off track there. But he still owns it. And so God is not that way. If we understand how his power works, you have to understand the restraint and the, the, um, the, the love that encompasses. And all of that comes out of his goodness. Yes, he's powerful. Who do you know that could speak and stars just go into existence? Whole... Whole um, galaxies, just he could just speak them into existence. You know anybody more powerful than that? I don't. <laughs> Not even the president or the queen of England. <laughs> Nobody has ever had or ever will have that kind of power. But guess what? He's made it available to us. And we can operate in it if we learn how he operates. Otherwise, you would be abusing it. And so, anyway, I didn't plan to say all that. But anyway, our text scriptures, I'm mean, going to go over them because I want to remind you of these. I want to remind me of these because I want them to stick in my, in my mind and renew my mind to them. But Psalm 25, 8a says, good and upright is the Lord. Psalm 34, 8 says, oh, taste and see. It's a challenge that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Blessed. And then Matthew and and. and Matthew chapter 7, and a few verses there, but it gets down, down to verse 11. He said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your child, how much more will the heavenly Father give good things to him who asks? Does he give good things, Carl? <laughs> you know, I, I, I interrupt here. I love to see things I've never seen before. And so... Places Carl took me yesterday are places I've never even been before. I like seeing new things. 
And especially when they're, when they're things that are peaceful and, they, and they're in God's nature and uh, out in nature and show His, His creation and rest. Mm. He knows how to give good gifts to those who ask. And then in Matthew 19, Mark 10, and Luke 18, Jesus said that there's only one who's good, and that's God above. So lest we think that we have any goodness on our own, you weren't a good kid. You're not good people. Sorry to break it to you. I don't care if you were born on the right side of the tracks. You're not good people. There are no such thing. You're all born into sin, into a fallen world. And the only true good one is God. Jesus said that himself. Amen. Would Jesus lie to you? No, he told you the truth. There's only one good. And then one of these scriptures down in there, David said. Now remember, y'all, y'all, I'm reviewing, okay, so stick with it. David said... That there's no, there's no good in me besides you. And so all the goodness comes from God. No matter how good you may behave or no matter how good or how much of God's character you may portray or convey. And I hope you do because the more you get to know him and you get to know Jesus and you get to know God's word, you should be emanating the goodness of God from you. But just remember, it's the goodness of God, not the goodness of you, right? It goes through you, and yes, you're redeemed. You're a a blood-bought child of the living God. And so you're not the old you anymore, amen? But what is the new you is you were born from from who? From the Spirit, right? John chapter 3, Jesus told Nicodemus, Except a man be born of the Spirit. He cannot see into the kingdom of God. And so you were born, not of you, when you were, when you were born again. You were born of the Spirit of God. You're, as, as Andrew Womack says, you're wall-to-wall Holy Ghost on the inside. <laughs> the real you is the Holy Spirit living His life through you and giving you the opportunity to become a new you in Him. So it's still not you, it's Him. Now, you have choices to make, and so he, he gave you that. But anyway, I didn't mean to get off on that, but it's God. The goodness comes from him. And he had all the stuff we read in the Old Testament and, and about the Israelites and how he had, good, he had a good land for them. Did he want to take them to a place that grew cactuses and weeds? What, what did he tell them? Milk and honey. Flowing with milk and honey. The best land in the whole area over there, God wanted to give them. And it, it just blew their mind. They couldn't, even, they couldn't even believe it. So they doubted for 40 years. And, and they died off in the wilderness and, until they could raise up a generation that would believe God. They could walk into and receive and occupy the, the land. But anyway, all of that, and we talked about Joseph and how God wove everything into him. And we read all these Psalms that talk about God's goodness and his loving kindness. And it lasts forever. And it never runs out. And then we read in Isaiah 54... Uh, and I am going to turn to that one. That's when that one's worth reviewing. Isaiah, right before Jeremiah, fifty-four. We shared this one with the lady the other day. It helps you to get you thinking straight. So I'm going to remind you. And if you hadn't heard it, you can hear it again. Fifty-four ten says, "For the mountains may be removed and the hills may shake, but my loving kindness will not be removed from you, and my covenant of peace will not be shaken." Says the Lord. Who has compassion on you? And now skip down to verse 15. And here's where you get your thinking straight. If anyone fiercely assails you, it will not be from me. 
Whoever assails you will fall because of you. That would be a good promise to quote. And that's not just the Old Covenant. This came after the Old Covenant in the, in the chapters where Isaiah was prophesying about the New Covenant of Jesus. You could claim this one as a New Covenant Christian. If anybody assails you, anything comes against you, any affliction, don't say it's from God. He said right here, it's not from me. How much plainer do you need to get? Do you have to go to seminary to understand that? No, it's in your Bible. It did not come from me. And beyond that, and we missed this part as far as emphasizing it the last two weeks, but beyond that, he says, whoever assails you will fall because of you. Now, we're not believing for for people to fall, but we're believing for their unbelief to fall and their guard to fall so that they'll be open to the Spirit of God, right? We may be believing some statues to fall. <laughs> you know, that old Buddha, I think, is just going to fall over like Dagon, the, the fish god, and, and back in, in the Philistine days. That old, you know, Shala's going to walk by, or she's going to come home from work today, and that old Buddha's just going to be on his face. <laughs> Call us up, Shala, <laughs> or take a picture. We'll believe it, but we want, we want to see the day. Anyway, so... This is a promise of God. Not only that, that He is not here to do bad things to you, He doesn't want to be blamed for it, but He's here to, he, He's given you a promise to claim that these things will fall before you. If you're walking in His goodness, you're walking in His grace, does it mean you'll never have another problem? No. But what it means is these things will fall before you. Keep on walking. Keep on walking. I remember a, a story that, that Brother Robbins used to tell. Charlene, could, she knows all his stories too, so she could probably tell. And Brother Glenn knows all of his stories too. But the one, you remember the one about the big serpent? And so he had in a dream, he was going down. This was back when he was, a, I believe he had this dream when he was a soldier in, in France in World War II after he made the beachhead in Normandy, he always says. And so he had this dream it may have been later, I don't know. But he had this dream, and in the dream, he was walking down this mountain path, and, and Jesus was up ahead of him. And so he was just following this down this narrow path and all this uh, on the mountain ridge and, and, and following Jesus. And so this big snake came across the path between him and Jesus. And so he stops, and he looks at this thing, and he's like, wow, that's a big, I don't know if I'm going forward there. And so he looked up at Jesus, and Jesus did this. Come on. And he, he stood there, and he looked at that big snake all the way across the path, and Jesus, come on, come on. So as he took steps forward towards that snake, following Jesus, he said that old snake just curled up and wound up and just went tumbling down the side of the mountain. And it was such a big snake, it was breaking brush and limbs as it went down. And he went on and followed Jesus. Now, that story has a purpose. Now, I can't tell it as good as he did, Glenn. <laughs> you might could <laughs> But, but the thing is, is don't let the devil distract you. If th when things do come against you to try to stop you, 
from following Jesus or going down the path that he set for you, just keep going. Keep going in the power of Jesus. And that's what the scripture is saying here. These things will fall before you. You may have a little, you may have a little attack of fear. <laughs> you may have a little trouble, but you overcome that with your faith. Faith is, is action, right? It's believe it in your heart and then take an action on your belief. That step forward is a step of faith. And that faith in knowing Jesus and knowing God and knowing that if he said, come on, he's got it taken care of. Just go on. That's faith in his goodness. That's faith in his provision. That's faith in who he is. You have to know him to be willing to to step out on that kind of faith. You see how important it is to know him? To know that if he says, come on, you're going to be fine. That it's going to work out. He's got it taken care of. He's got power over the enemy. And he's delegated that power to us. If we'll cooperate with him and we'll do what he says, we'll do what his word says. And you do that by understanding him. Okay. Too much bonus material. I've got to move on. Um, so then we talked about, in, in this verse, we talked about areas over in, in Mark, and I, I don't have time to go there, but if you weren't here, look at those scriptures in Mark chapter 3 and Luke chapter 9. We, we talked about those passages in addressing this age-old question about why do bad things happen to good people? Okay, first thing is your question's wrong. <laughs> there are no good people. And then, you know, I, Brother Glenn was sharing with me that, that Keith Moore has, has a, a good response to this. And he says, you're asking the wrong question. The wrong question should be, why do more bad things not happen to people? <laughs> and the answer to that is the grace of God. <laughs> if you see bad things happening, just think about how the world is operating today. Why aren't more bad things happening to you? It's because you've got the, the protection, the grace of God. You've got angels of God around you. You need to be thankful. Open your eyes and see what's going on around you in the spiritual realm. How many of you ever had a, a, a car wreck avoided? And you're like, I don't know. How, how did I get out of that one? Whew. Your angels, they're working overtime sometimes. I was telling Carl that yesterday. He was telling about all the things he did as a kid. I'm like, Carl, when you meet your angels someday, when you get to heaven, you need to thank them. <laughs> you worked them really hard. <laughs> anyway, God is good. He is watching after you. And so, anyway, last week we started talking about Jesus as an example of God's goodness. And we talked about how even, on, even in the midst of religious persecution... He prayed and healed people on the Sabbath day, even though they tried to say it was against the law. It was no law that said that, but they had such strict laws about things you couldn't, could and couldn't do that they interpreted that healing was work. And so they were, but they were looking for ways to accuse him anyway. But in spite of all that, we read three different stories of three different people who he had compassion on. And there could, there could be more. We don't know. Those were the three that were recorded. I, I would guarantee that if he saw other people, he would have healed them too on the Sabbath day. And maybe he did. They're just not recorded for us. But of all the three that came to him or what came before him on the Sabbath day, he healed them despite the criticism. And then we went on and looked at this, what I call a definitive uh, 
Scripture in Mark 1, verses 40 and 42, about God's will to heal. When Jesus was approached by the leper, and the leper didn't say, can you heal me? What he did is he, can't, he had heard or seen or had testimony something. He came to Jesus and says, I know you can heal me. If you will. And what did Jesus respond? And this is the answer for all the ages about whether it's God's will to heal or not. Because then we read that scripture that says Jesus Christ. The same yesterday, today, and forever. That's in Hebrews 13, by the way. That's not selectively true for selective people in selective dispensations of time. Does that not transcend dispensations? Yesterday, today, and forever? That's a question. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, if he is the same, and he said to this one leper, and there's other stories. We're, we have all kinds of scriptures where they brought people to Jesus and he healed how many? Them all. Okay. But this one asked him the specific question. I know you can if you will. What did Jesus do? Laid hands on it and said, I will be thou clean. And then what happened? See, he had faith that Jesus could heal him. What he didn't know was, did he want to? Jesus cleared that up. So, if you're like me, once I really got read that scripture, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me through that scripture, that cleared it up. Done. You could never talk me out of healing. That healing belongs to me. Despite, you know, all these other scriptures and the fact that he died on the cross and by his stripes I was healed, not even to mention that. This one right here clears it crystal clear for me that it's Jesus' will for me to be healed. Because I'm no different than the leper. He does not respect and love the leper any more than he does me or you or anybody since then. He loves us all the same. Thank God. Right? It is his will to heal you. Don't take sickness as your, as your ministry in life. Because God didn't call you to the ministry of sickness and disease. He called you to the ministry of healing and deliverance. Amen? We're going to read about that over in the book of Mark here in a little bit if we get to it. He didn't call you to the ministry of sickness, disease, and pain and suffering. Okay? Some people would hear that and want to throw stones at me in some churches because, because they're all about suffering for Jesus. That is not suffering for Jesus. Suffering for Jesus is when you're being persecuted for your faith, not for your unbelief. Okay? This is pretty strong. Okay, so open up your bottle. We're going to take some medicine today. Or pull your bottle out of your mouth. We're going to take some medicine today. Okay? This is strong stuff. I'm not trying to offend you. I'm trying to get you to think. He didn't call us for a ministry of sickness. He called us to a ministry of healing. He wanted us to be like himself to the other lepers. And say, I know it's Jesus' will. Come here, let's lay hands on you in the name of Jesus and according to the word of God. And you can be clean. We are his hands and feet on the earth today. He's not down here anymore, right? But he sent his Holy Spirit. He gave us his salvation. He said, greater work shall you do than he, than he did. Did Jesus go around with migraines and the flu and say, oh, I'm just suffering for the Father. 
Let me teach y'all how to suffer. I'm going to lay down here and, and, and rest for about a week in the bed. And I'll show y'all how to suffer for the Father. Did, he ever, did you ever see Jesus doing that anywhere in the Gospels? No. What makes us think that that's a godly thing, that that's a ministry? Okay. We're tipping sacred, sacred cows, Carl. <laughs> Let's don't pick them back up. Leave them laying over. That is not, that is not a ministry of, of the kingdom of God, a ministry of the Holy Spirit. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is like, sweetheart, are you sick? Let's pray for you because Jesus has healing for you. Do you, do you, do you know in the, in the Word of God it says believers lay hands on the sick and they recover? Could we lay our hands on you and pray for you in the name of Jesus? That's ministry of healing. That's a blessing to people. Sitting here and commiserating over your sickness and talking about how yours is worse than hers and all this, that's not a ministry. Because when it's done, she didn't feel any better. In fact, she probably feels worse. It is God's will for you to heal. Why? Because He's so good. He, 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 Jesus could have just died on the cross for you. Do we not understand? He could have just died on the cross for your sins and your forgiveness and called it quits at that. He didn't have to take the beating. Do you understand? Do you understand the stripes he took? Do you understand what the Roman cat of nine tails were that stripped the, the, the flesh off of his body? He did not, that did not have to be part of the plan. He could have just, it would have been enough, right? Plenty for him to get nailed to a cross and die for your sins. But he took your sickness, he took your disease, he took. The stripes, it says, for that purpose. I didn't write this. It's in your Bible. In Isaiah and in 1 Peter. He took the stripes so that not only could you be forgiven of your sins, you could be your healing and your sickness and your injuries and your, ha- your physical harm and maladies could all be paid for. And then exchange. And he paid the price and exchanged He gave you, just like He gave you a free gift of forgiveness, He gave you a free gift of healing. It's His will. Why? Because He's so good. Like I said, He didn't have to do that part. (laughs) He didn't have to do any of it. We could have just all a bunch of rotten, you know, ingrateful human beings could have all gone to hell in the handbasket, you know, roasted like hot dogs. But that was not God's will. Why? Why? Because he's so good. You ever thought about that? For Christians who believe that God is not good and he does bad things, to also believe in a salvation that Jesus did is schizophrenic. It's hypocritical. I don't. It's it's borderlines on me on mental illness. I mean, you can't believe that and believe the other at the same time. You got to think. You know, think about it. But more than think about it, what does the Word of God say? This has got to be our foundation. And if our theology contradicts this, we need to put our theology on the shelf or ultimately in the trash can and say, I'm just going to go with this because God inspired this, I know. You know, Reverend Dr. Doodad, I don't know if he was inspired by God or not, but I know this was. And so I'm going to go with this. And so if you go with this, you will never be, you will never be led astray. I don't care what I, what I teach, what I say, what happens up here. If it's anything against this, just go with this. 
That's your safest bet. Just go with this. And so it will not lead you wrong. But anyway, Mark 1, 40 through 42 changed my thinking on healing forever. And so we're going to go beyond that today and talk about how Jesus reflected the Father's good nature. And so if you look in John chapter 10... Oh, we got to quit before we get finished. John chapter 10. In this chapter, and I almost skipped over verse 10, which is a very familiar verse to everyone, I'm sure, in here. But it goes right along with this so good. But all these verses, except this first one, talk about Jesus being the good shepherd. But verse 10 also, it's so familiar to us, talks about his goodness. He says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Did Jesus come for goodness? Is Jesus' nature good like the Father's nature is good? If he says that he came to give us life and to give it to us more abundantly? Whatever level of abundance or life you have right now, he came to give you more abundance. Is that good or bad? That's only good. That is only good. And then you go down to verse 11, the next verse, and he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Did he do that? He did, didn't he? And then you look at at verse 14. He says again, I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me. Do you know, if if we don't understand Jesus as the good shepherd... If that's not the picture, the reality of Jesus we have, then based on what this verse says, do you really know him? He said, I'm the good shepherd and my sheep know me and I know them. If you don't know him as the good shepherd, I, I, I think you need to challenge yourself. Do I really? I'm not saying, are you born again? Are you saved or not? That's not the question. I'm saying, do you know him? Because if he's not the good shepherd to you, I would say you don't know him. Boy, somebody didn't pray for a nice, sweet message today, did they? <laughs> I don't know what happened to that prayer. Okay, all right. And then you look at verse 32, and he says, again, he says in 32, he answered them, I showed you many good works from the Father. For which of them are you stoning me? So Jesus is saying, I showed you the goodness of God. And they were all mad at him, at least the Pharisees, the religious people, and wanted to stone him. He's like, so which of these good works that I've done are the ones you're stoning me for? Because he hadn't done anything that was against the law or was maligning God or God's character or anything like that. All right. All right. Look at um, Luke chapter 7. Can't go very far. Goodness. Time flies when you're having fun. Luke 7, verse 18. The disciples of John. Now, this story to me is another one about Jesus exemplifying the goodness of God. The disciples of John reported to him about all these things. Summoning two of his disciples, John sent them to the Lord, saying, Now, this is the question John the Baptist sent his disciples to ask Jesus. Now, there's a whole lot of things you could talk about in this story. We could spend a whole evening 
reading this story and pulling things out of this and a lot of good nuggets of truth and, and issues to think about and all this. But basically, let's just focus on this question that John the Baptist sent to Jesus. Now, whether he believed it or he was doing it for the sake of his disciples, that's another argument because they were having doubts about Jesus. Are you the expected one, which is capitalized, which is a reference to the Messiah? Are you the expected one? Or do we look for someone else? Okay, so here, this question is doubting that Jesus is the Messiah. So if, you, if you're Jesus and you're being presented with this question, it's, 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 it's a question of, of doubt about who you even are. And so when the men said to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to ask you, are you the expected one or do we look for someone else? Now listen, look, look at how Jesus responded to this question in relation to what we're talking about here. At that very time, he cured many people of diseases and afflictions and evil spirits. He gave sight to many who were blind, and he answered and said to them, Go and report to John what you've seen and heard. The blind receive sight. Now, I want you, as we go through these, this list of things, ask yourself, let's see, now, are these good things or are these evil things? Okay, so tell me what your answer is when we get done. So here's what he said to, to recount to John. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. The lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised up. The poor have the gospel. What's the word gospel mean? Good news. What's good news to the poor? You don't have to be poor no more. That's the good news, okay? They have the good news preached to them. Blessed is he who does not take offense at me. So when, when John sent this question about are you the Messiah or not, we look for somebody else. What did Jesus expect John to understand for an answer? Was it lightning bolts and cancer and pneumonia and, and I was going to say car wreck, donkey wrecks or camel wrecks and, and, <laughs> and people getting killed and maimed and, and all this stuff in the name of God? What did he know John would recognize as the answer? Because John knew God. John knew God was good, right? What did he, what did he know that John would identify with to confirm that he was the Messiah? The goodness, right? The blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk, the dead are raised, the poor get ministered to. Which of those were evil things and which of those were good? What was that? They were all good things, right? Jesus said, here's how John will know. Tell him all the good things you saw happening. All the good things that I did. That will confirm to John. See, if, if there wasn't an understanding that the nature of God was good, why would Jesus use examples of good things to confirm and answer the question? Boy, that's deep thinking, isn't it? God is good. One more scripture and then we got to quit. John 14, 9. This was just a familiar thing. I could quote it to you. 
you don't have to turn to it. But in there, Jesus said, He who has seen me has seen the Father. So if Jesus' confirmation to John the Baptist and in any of this other stuff that, that we've seen, heard so far that he's done and answered people was good, 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 right down the line with no evil mixed in, no sickness mixed in, no disease mixed in, no poverty mixed in, no um, temptation mixed in. And he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, then what is the Father? Good, 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 good. It's his will, it's his will, it's his will, it's his will. Are you getting an understanding? God is good. Is there evil in the world? Yes, absolutely. There's a devil. And he's running loose. But we can bind him. We have the authority. Jesus won that authority back for us. We also have authority over the earth that Jesus paid the price and got back from him. Now, he still thinks he has it. He's stirring up storms. He's stirring up all kinds of things in the atmosphere and all this junk. Disease, germs, sickness, disease, all this stuff. But we have authority over it in the name of Jesus who tapped us into the power and goodness of God and made it available to us. We get it in from that other reality into this reality that we've studied by faith in the name of Jesus. And by this salvation that made bridge the gap for us. And so we can enter into the goodness of God. Does God have wrath? Does God have anger? Yes, stay tuned. We're, we're going to study that one or, two, one or two Sundays about the anger of God. But you have to understand it in context. It's not His nature. His nature is goodness. Do you have a temper? Do you get angry? That was a question. Two, three, two or three people shaking their head. The rest of you guys are perfect. Okay, <laughs> You never lose your cool. Okay, You have a temper. You get angry. Were you created in the image of God? Yes. God has a temper. God can get angry. It's an emotion. Guess what? It's an emotion. He created emotions, didn't he? Aren't we glad? Because you can cry and you can laugh. Right? We've done both here today. God created emotions. Why would he not have them? He has them. Okay, I don't have time to get into all that. That's a preview. Okay, you have to come back and hear that. But there is anger. There is wrath. Read the book of Revelation, the end of the book. There's wrath as well. But it's not for you. If you read Revelation, it's not for you. It's intended for the devil and his followers. Okay? But anyway, we get so confused over things and so misled and deceived by people who don't read the scriptures, by people who don't, along with that, spend time and get to know God personally. He is good. He is only good. He is good all the time. And all the time, He is good. Amen? Amen. Just got to quit. Can't get any further today. So you'll have to come back next time and, and hear more of the story. Um, because it's a never-ending story. Not that the message will be never-ending, but the story is that God is good. Amen? Now, again, I said if you have questions, we are happy to discuss questions and talk about them one-on-one and so forth. And I think as we go through, we're answering a lot of questions. Um, 
And who knows, maybe at, maybe at the end of the series, we'll just have a question time. I, I, that's not something I would normally do. I don't normally like to open up a can of worms. <laughs> but we might just get one up here and open it up. But anyway, um, so if, you know, these are things, though, that are good. They challenge your thinking. They challenge your believing. It challenges your understanding of the Word, and it challenges your intimate knowledge of God. And we all need to challenge ourselves in that. We need to spend more time with Him. We need to, we need to like we were praying earlier, watch Him run the kingdom. How would you do this, Father? Or just watch how He does what He does. It'll help you a lot to know what you need to do. Because we're supposed to be like Him. Thank you for joining us today. This message is brought to you by Hope Church. If you would like more information about Hope Church or to listen to more, please go to www.hopechurchnc.org. That's www.hopechurchnc.org.